Welcome to Hope Is Here, bringing hope to those struggling with life's difficult situations. Welcome to Hope Is Here. My name is Greg Horn. I was watching a college football game on New Year's Day between Texas and Washington, and a commercial came on talking about a new movie called Ordinary Angels starring Hilary Swank and Alan Richson. And this new movie is actually based on a true story. And uh, I'm excited today because we have uh, Sharon Stevens-Evans, whose the life story is what this movie is based on. And also, we have the executive producer, Rick Baker, with us here in studio at Hope is Here Today. And uh, man, from watching this movie trailer, I got excited. And I know you're going to be excited. And there's actually going to be a premiere here uh, on in January at the Kentucky Theater. And there's Still a few tickets left, so we're going to be telling you about how you can get those, and then it's going to be all across the country uh, later this year. But first of all, Rick and uh, Sharon, thanks for being with us on Hope Is Here. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you. Well, Rick, tell us about this movie. I saw this trailer, and now I've been doing some research, but tell us about this movie, Ordinary Angels. Well, I'll give you kind of the beginning of it. I had just done a TV movie uh, for ABC called Betrayed by Love, based here in Kentucky. And so I thought this might be the next television movie. Long time ago, back in the late 90s, after the Louisville snowstorm that shut down the whole state for three days. And I was competing with Tony Danza's company, of all things. And I thought, oh, there's no way I'm going to get the right sign from Ed and Sharon and all the key people. But I kept trying. And so it strangely goes back to Jamal Mashburn. I just noticed that Ed wore a Kentucky basketball, a Kentucky sports hat and so i was working with jamal mashburn on a couple promos and so i got him to sign a a beautifully framed you know print and i went and gave it to ed and i said i'm sure you're going to sign with tony danza but here's the the picture and he said lay the paper sent on the table baker (laughs) i love it it. kind of funny but um it's an amazing story i trudged through the the snow watched all the tv stuff that was happening about the story it caught the national attention and really, Sharon can tell you more about what really happened. But the way that it started was was very impactful to me. I was completely committed to it. But it took years to get it made. It's really a story of stick and tenacity on everybody's part. Sharon and Ed and the family had to be patient with me because I failed many times to get it made. Thank goodness I did because it ended up being a film. And it went from me to the Dave Matthews Band, to a company called Green Hummingbird in New York, owned by the DeBartolo family, to to John Berg, who produced Wonder Woman, Aquaman, all these big pictures, and Kingdom Story Company, which is really an amazing company in the faith-based content market. They've done Jesus Revolution and all these great films, and, and really the hottest up-and-coming director in Hollywood, John Gunn, attached himself to it. And so it it elevated their production values to a a new level and really took the story where it needed to be based on just how absolutely true and and amazing it is. And it's really about the extraordinary impact that ordinary people can have on each other. And they really don't even know it. They don't even perceive it at the time. But Sharon had a a life-altering impact on the family and hopefully on more than that, you know, as we go forward. So... The world should be inspired by this film and by Sharon's story. Well, there's no doubt about it. And uh, Sharon, I think the good news today is that uh, God uses ordinary people like me and like you, doesn't he? Yes, he does. Well, tell us about your role in this. It's based on your life. Uh, What what started this? Well, mine started from birth. Uh, 
I was put here to do exactly what's happening. But I didn't realize this until all of this unfolded. And uh, uh, my own misfortunes in being raised, I was adopted, uh, given to alcoholics, a lot of abuse, a lot of neglect, uh, growing up uh, uh, pretty much uh, raising myself and deciphering right and wrong. Uh, It wasn't until I got a little older that I realized that uh, other children had different lifestyles. Uh, They had uh, uh, interchange uh, 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 with their families. I was an only child. I lived in a pink room, and uh, I was on my own to decide what is right and what is wrong. And I saw adults doing a lot of wrong things. So I had to develop something. Uh, One fortunate thing was my father was also an alcoholic, and... uh, but he was level. He was the same uh, sober or drinking, but uh, some people uh, can't handle it. And it's not a manner of actually drinking. It's a manner of being responsible and what you do around children and how young children perceive uh, the things that uh, 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 and, and are exposed to uh, is, really affects them. Uh, later in life, I went through a dying and coming back experience. That was uh, a game changer. Uh, I was uh, introduced to my real mother that I thought was just a friend of the family, had sisters, had uh, four sisters. Um, uh, She ministered to me, but it was fire and brimstone, scared me half to death. I was afraid not to believe. So I I grew up believing, but for the wrong reasons. And when I had the dying and coming back experience, it opened my eyes that this is real. I wanted to understand this on a different level. I didn't want to be afraid not to believe. I wanted to believe because it was a pure, beautiful thing. So... um, uh, I set myself out to look for worthy things to do. Uh, I did many things, a lot of different people, uh, even before the dying and coming back. It's in my nature for that because I see suffering. I want I want to help. Um, well, it, you mean you saw the news story? You just I read the paper. Uh, I typically don't read newspapers, uh, but I was on my way to work, stopped off and saw uh, this laying on a counter and had children in it. And uh, these two children needed transplants. And um, uh, this little, um, uh, these uh, children, they had no insurance. Uh, uh, there was no money. Uh, they, uh, and then two weeks later, I read another article on this family and the mother had died. Uh, she died of Wagner's disease. And here's two little children. I know how hard it is for some children anyway. And to imagine myself being sick, I, 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 it did something to me. I could not walk away from them. So I went to the funeral home and uh, met the family and said I wanted to do something. I didn't know I was going to be there two and a half years raising a couple thousand dollars a month for medication. 
at least until I could get them some insurance to help me. But we had to travel back and forth to Omaha where their doctors were. Where were you at the time? Where, where were you living when this was? I was going? in Louisville at in the Louisville, time. In Louisville, Kentucky. So, okay. I'm trying to uh, 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 juggle uh, uh, owning a salon and, and uh, working. Uh, and uh, now I've taken on another family. I'm raising two children uh, myself. And, uh, uh, and with Ed, you know, a single father really trying to struggle. Uh, uh, you know, a person who is a landscaper, just a, you know, a really solid, salt-of-the-earth worker who's doing his best. And then Sharon's coming in with the grandmother, you know, and really trying to pull the pull the wagon together. And back then we had no health insurance, you know. So it was very tough and hundreds of thousands of dollars. So you can imagine with two transplants and a death. It's just amazing. So. So how would you go about raising this money to help this family out? Created fundraisers, uh, uh, everything from car shows to uh, 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 bands, concerts. Uh, my son was in production. He assisted me through it. Um, uh, uh, we had the equipment. We put it to work. And uh, 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 we, we helped them immensely. Uh, uh, I mean, we were all they had. And uh, the thing is, with my experience and knowing how real God was, uh, everything that it seemed that the grandmother would tell me they needed, I knew how to fix, either through my education, my experiences, uh, owning the salon where I knew it, I knew people. And there was wasn't very much uh, that I couldn't take care of for them. And after a certain uh, amount of time, people jumped on board with me. Um, I was working with magazines, uh, uh, bartering time uh, for uh, articles uh, to write about the children promoting. And um, uh, uh, I mean, I was tireless. That's what God did. This is much more. This is a miracle opening up. It's unveiling. Uh, uh, in my book, it's very clear. And um, uh, the movie, uh, these people that have come together in in all of this have been handpicked by God. Well, it, it's powerful. I'll tell you, there's the trailer that I saw, and one of the things, Rick, you and I were talking about before we went on the air is that uh, originally it was going to be called Angels, but then they changed the name. Talk about that. Yeah, um, and really, you know, Sharon has her determined point of view in the thing, but it was a really big hill to climb. There was over probably half a million dollars of the debt. It's not like it was a couple thousand dollars. So, you know, it, it's really she's a heroic character, and Hillary Swank, jumped at the chance to play her so um, <clears throat> when we started moving the film through development you know we went through all these script iterations and casting and it would just went on forever and and every five years i'd have to talk to the family i we still it's still not there and we'd re-sign the rights we'd have a eat, eat lunch at denny's or something you know and i kept interviewing more and more people and finally some other Meg Tilly got involved. She wrote two drafts of the script that were really brilliant. Um, and then, you know, it just started to escalate. And then when John um, Berg got involved, he has 
had, you know, really strong relationships with Lionsgate and said, you know, we're going to make this film and got the cast together with, with everybody else's kingdom story was really the heart of this because faith-based films are really taking off. So I, I made 32 trips to L.A. <laughs> over a 32. 20, 32 trips, exactly, because I got reimbursed for it eventually, <laughs> yeah. many years later. So I made at least $3 an hour. At least, you know. So, but but it, you know, I just, I just couldn't let it go. And every time I would let it go and sort of lose heart, a friend of mine, an actor, someone who I knew would say, you got to go at it again. This is just too crazy of a story, too important, you know, uh, because it, because it's so ordinary. So I, I, um, I interviewed one or two people. I called it angels because somebody told me that when the helicopter landed, that kids were making like angels in the snow, which really I started crying. I'm a big baby. I cried at the movie premiere. I just couldn't help it. Even though I knew the story, it still affected me profoundly. And uh, I'm not really too embarrassed by that, but I was a little bit embarrassed at the time. But I just, you know, it really has a, an emotional impact on people. And we noticed that most of the people in the audience had this feeling. They really, really caught fire with us. And so, you know, it's just one of those things that it resonates on a strange level because ordinary people, you know, helped during the snowstorm. It was all during times when their power was out. It was... You know, it, it wasn't a time that was convenient to reach out and help your fellow neighbor. You're worried about how you're going to keep your refrigerator going and have bread and meat the next day. And so and there's this terrible storm that was the monster in the film, essentially, when we when we talked about it during uh, story development. And so it just eventually looked like it was actually going to get made. And then we get, I get the call, we're going to start shooting in Manitoba, <laughs> you know, Canada, where there's some snow. I uh, can't remember the month, but it was, you know, snowstorms, 18 degrees. So I flew up to Manitoba and was there for the production. And it was just sort of a uh, an amazing time. So. Well, we're going to hear more about that, about the filming and where they did this in Canada. We're talking with uh, the producer, uh, executive producer, Rick Baker, and Sharon Stevens-Evans, who this wonderful movie, Ordinary Angels, it's going to be coming out. In fact, there's going to be a premiere at the Kentucky Theater on January 18th. There's just a few tickets left, and we're going to have a link with the podcast if you want to try to get tickets for that. But unfortunately, we're out of time. I hope you'll join us again tomorrow as we'll continue our conversation with Rick Baker and Sharon Stevens-Evans about this wonderful new movie, Ordinary Angels, on Hope is here. Thank you for listening to Hope is Here podcast. To listen to one of our previous programs or to make a tax-deductible donation, please go to our website, hopeishere.today. That's hopeishere.today.